All right, guys. Um, so we'll go ahead and get started here with the, the 5th of November. I don't know how long this is going to be, so who knows? This could be a short video. If it is, then praise God. If not, we'll see, okay? Now, <clears throat> today is the 5th of November. That is – and just for everyone that knows, the 5th of November comes after the 4th of November and comes just before the 6th of November. Okay? That's the 5th of November. It comes after 4 and before 6. All right? Now, you might say, well, what's so special about the 5th of November? Um, well, November 5th, back in 1605, uh, there was a gunpowder plot to try to assassinate King James I. Now, King James I was not very <clears> – <throat> he didn't want to – King James I was really – um, not really wanting, he was not huge on the Catholic Church, okay? So because of that is actually the reason why they tried to assassinate him. Now, on the same side of this, in 1604, King James I commissioned your king commissioned to have your King James Bible uh, start the process of actually going through the works of, um, you know, kind of starting the process of getting uh, <clears throat> the Bible translated into the common language. Okay, that's what happened in 1604. We see that uh, King James granted that commission. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Psalms, book of Psalms, and turn with me to Psalm 12, Psalm 12, if you will, Psalm 12, that's after Psalm 11 and before Psalm 13, okay, um, Psalm, Psalm chapter 12, verses 6 through 7, it says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Now listen, I want you all to listen to me very carefully. Anyone who tells you that the word of God is not preserved... They are lying to you because King James I started this commission of your King James Bible in 1604. And if you count seven years, you get 1611, which was the completion of the King James Bible. And King James by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, took two groups of men, 54 of them, sat down, sat them down together, and had them peer review it 
for seven years translating it out of the original tongues. Listen, you don't need no Hebrew. You don't need no Greek manuscripts. You don't need to know what Greek words are and, and Hebrew. No, your Bible is perfect as it is. You don't need any of those extra extracurricular trash just to figure out what the Word of God means. All you really need is your King James Bible and the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost will do the work, will help you do the work of, of figuring out what these hard things mean. <clears throat> the King James Bible is not a hard book to read. Okay, so I just want to say that up front right now. <coughs> is that the King James Bible is pure and has no error in it. So I don't even want to tell you otherwise. Amen? So, all you really need is your King James Bible and the Holy Ghost. Jesus said that my words are spirit and they are life. Amen? Your King James Bible is alive. Now, with that said, God preserves it, and he did it through King James and 54 men that had differences that translated it from previous versions. Amen? So, now, that's what, that's what happened in 1604. <clears throat> now, going up to November 5th. 1605 there was a conspiracy there is a there was a conspiracy to assassinate King James the first okay the very same King James that commissioned this King James Bible to be translated as it is it's that same King James that was almost assassinated. Now, at the beginning of this of this video, I mentioned that this is not to be. I'm not trying to speak ill of Catholics of any way, but it was the Catholic Church. It was the Roman Catholic Church that hired these people, hired people to have. King James assassinated because King James was not very uh, he was he was not very for the the uh, Roman Catholic Church so they wanted him gone but it just also happens that this this happened shortly after the commission was given to translate your Bible and in the Catholic Roman Catholic Church one of their forbidden books is the King James Bible. The Catholic Church doesn't want you reading the King James Bible. All I have to say to that is, fooey on you, bluey. I'm going to read my King James Bible and you Catholic churches around the world are not going to stop me. Because the word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And ain't no Catholic church going to tell me that I can't read the King James Bible. 
You know why? Because they know, deep down, they know it's the truth. They just don't want anyone near the truth. Why do you think the Roman Catholic Church is, is so deceptive all the time, so perverted, so disgusting? They hate the truth and they deceive people. They deceive while being deceived. Okay? So this is so let me read you some things here from Britannica.com as per as per the event of the gunpowder plot. It says the gunpowder plot, the conspiracy of English Roman Catholics to blow up Parliament and King James I, his queen and his eldest son on November 5th, 1605. The leader of the plot, Robert Catsby, together with his four conspirators, Thomas Winner, Thomas Percy, John Wright, and Guy Fox, were zealous Roman Catholics angered by James's refusal to grant more religious toleration to Catholics. Did you catch that? James, James, King James I refused to grant any more religious toleration. Meaning, he was not a fan of the Catholic Church. Meaning, he probably knew what they were up to. He didn't want. To, he didn't really want to put toleration to him, <clears throat> which is why they try to have him assassinated. Praise God, it failed. You know why? Because God used that used that king to get what we have today as our King James Bible. Somebody say Amen to that. Um. They apparently hoped that the confusion that would follow the murder of the king, his ministers, and the members of parliament would provide an opportunity for the Catholic Catholic that for the English Catholics to take over the country. They the Catholics wanted to take over England. They wanted to take over England. They didn't they, they did not like King James at all. They did not like him. Okay? They didn't like that. Um, a great hunting match was organized <coughs> in Warwickshire by Dig Digby, to which large numbers of the Roman Catholic gentry were invited. They were to join the plot after the successful accomplishment of the explosion of November 5th, 1605. The day fixed for the opening of Parliament immediately after the explosion. The plotters were to take possession of, of the Princess Elizabeth while Percy was to seize the infant Prince Charles and bring him on horseback to their mating place. Fox was to take ship immediately for Flanders, spread the news on the Continental and collect supporters. The conspirators imagined that a terrorized and helpless government would readily agree to all their demands. How sick is that? How sick? Who would ever want to join a church of murderers and fornicators? You guys hear that? I mean, shoot. What a wicked group of people. What a very wicked group. <coughs> <clears throat> 
Until this point, the secret had been well kept and the preparations had been complete with extraordinary success and without a single significant drawback. A very serious difficulty now confronted the conspirators as the time for action arrived and the feelings of ordinary humanity shrunk from the destruction of so many persons guilt, guiltless of any offense. In addition, among the peers to be assassinated were many Roman Catholics and some lords closely connected in king, kinship or friendship with the plotters themselves. Catsby, however, firmly rejected all appeals to allow warning to be given to certain individuals. Uh, Lord Monteagle, a brother-in-law of Tresham, had ties to some of the other conspirators and had engaged in previous Roman Catholic plots against the government. He had, however, given his support to the new king on October 26. He received an anonymous letter delivered by an unknown messenger, which read, which read, <coughs> and it says, my Lord, out of the love I bear to some of your friends, I have care of your preservation. Therefore, I would advise you, as you tender your life, to devise some excuse to shift your attendance at this parliament. For God and man have concurred to punish the wickedness of this time. And think not slightly of this advertisement, but retire yourself into your country, where you may expect the event and safety for though there be no appearance of any stir yet, I say they, sh they shall receive a terrible blow. This parliament, and yet they shall not see who hurts them. Who hurts them. This council is not to be condemned because it may do you good and can do you no harm. For the danger is past as soon as you have burnt the letter. And I hope God will give you the grace to make good use of it to whose holy Protection, I commend you. The authorship of the letter has been never disclosed or proved, but all evidence seems to point to Tresham and to the probability that he had some days before warned Montego and agreed with him as to the best means of making known the plot and preventing its execution and at the same time of giving the conspirators time to escape. <clears throat> okay, so here's what happened. The Roman Catholic Church, the wicked Jezebel Church, the Church of Jezos, hired the Jesuits to go out and try and, 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 and hire these people, hire a few of these people to try to assassinate King James and, the, and, and blow up Parliament. The reason why it failed, the reason why it failed, because it is said that within those conspirators, he became a whistleblower, sent a letter to the king saying what was going to happen. Actually warned the king of what was going to happen. And because of that letter, it foiled the plans of the Jesuits, the Roman Catholic Church, and all these wicked people to try to blow up Parliament and assassinate King James. Because of that letter, King James was able to remain safe. We don't know who wrote the letter. We don't know what, who or what wrote the letter. <clears throat> but we know 
that if it wasn't if it wasn't for that individual whoever wrote the letter to King James, if it wasn't for that, King James probably wouldn't be able to live through getting this translated. If God protect, if God protected King James from harm, how much could how much more could he protect you? I'm telling you, the devil hates this book. He hates this book. The Catholic Church is wicked. The Catholic Church is the church of Jezos. We call them Jezebels. <clears throat> you know, I've, I was always wondered, how did God protect King James? I always wondered how all that, how those plans were foiled. But you find out amongst these conspirators, one of them had actually the backbone to write the king a letter anonymously. We don't know who it was. Somebody warned the king about what was going to happen. So praise God. Somebody had the backbone to warn the king. Amen. Somebody had the backbone to go against the Catholic Church and warn the king. I can't imagine how upset the Catholic Church was if they found out who did it. Because I bet you the Catholic Church was pretty upset. I'm just saying, I think they were pretty upset. Um, let's continue reading here. On, Nov <clears throat> on November 4th, the king, having been shown the letter, ordered Thomas Howard I, Earl of Suffolk, in his capacity as Lord Chamberlain, to examine the buildings. He was accompanied by Monteagle. When they arrived at the cellar, the door was opened by Fox. Seeing the enormous pile of firewood, Suffolk asked the name of the owner, to which Fox replied that they belonged to Percy. His name immediately aroused suspicion, and it was ordered that further search be made by Thomas Kenyatt, a Westminster magistrate. Kenyatt, accompanied by his men on the night of November 4th through the 5th, discovered the gunpowder and arrested Guy Fox on the threshold. Fox, under torture, revealed the names of his confederates and the extent of their participation in the plot on November 9th. <clears throat> Upon their arrest of Fox, the other conspirators, except for Tresham, fled in parties. Uh, where did I go? Um, by different ways. Re Rejoining each other in Warwickshire as had been agreed if the plot had been successful. 
Catsby informed his friends and workwood sire who had been awaiting the outcome of the plot of its failure. He assured Digby, however, that both James and Salisbury were dead. Catsbury pushed on the same day with his companions in the direction of Wales where it was hoped they would be joined by bands of insurgents. Catsby's party arrived in Huntington at 2 p.m. on November 6th. The following morning, the band, numbering about 36 persons, confessed and heard mass and then rode away to uh, Holbeck House in Stanfordshire, arriving at about 10 p.m. on November 7th. En route, they had broken into Lord Windsor's house at Hillow Grange and taken all arms and man- ammunition they found there. Their case was now desperate. None had joined them. No one came to take our part, said Digby, Digby though we'd expected so many. They were they were being followed by the sheriff and all the forces of the county and had their options had all but vanished. One of their followers fled away from the house in which the last scene was to be played out. <coughs> so pretty much here's what happened. Okay. Pretty much, Guy Fox was arrested. Okay, he was caught, arrested. Their plan failed. Why? Because one of the people had the backbone to warn the king. And if it wasn't for that warning, those people wouldn't have been arrested. Guy Fox wouldn't have been captured. I'm telling you, God is real. The Catholic Church hates God. The Catholic Church hates your King James Bible. The Catholic Church hates the truth. Why? Because it was the Roman Catholic Church that hired those men. It was the Roman Catholic Church that wanted King James the first dead. I'm telling you, these people were really, really wicked. Amen. They were very, very wicked. Now, with that said, I want to go ahead and close with some scripture. Okay. But that's per- – and I'm not going to get too much into it, but that's kind of like the nutshell of what that history was like. And praise God, God protects. Amen. How about Golden Cup? Um, Revelation uh, Revelation 17.4 And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a gold cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Do you know what the Catholic Church uses during their quote-unquote communion service? A gold chalice. Rings a bell? 
Does that ring a bell? And, and think about it. A red and purple. Scarlet color. And look, it's decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. So what does that what does that mean? It means this woman had extravagant wealth. Which church which 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 huge church has extravagant wealth? The Catholic Church. And she has a lot of abominations. Think about it. What's abominable? Sodomite. What do these Catholic priests? What the? What do these? What? What are these Catholic priests very famous for? Molesting kids. You realize? Do you, that's right, Carl. Pedophilia. And what does God? What does God call that? An abomination. <clears throat> right? It's an abomination to God, isn't it? Think about it. Filthiness of her fornication. What what do you think all these denominations are going you, – you see all these denominations nowadays, right? Where are they going to? They're following in the path of whom? The Roman Catholic Church. What are Lutherans modeled off after? The Roman Catholic Church. Lutheranism – and Catholicism, amongst other denominations, are very much like kissing cousins. I know this because I grew up Lutheran. I went to a very liberal Lutheran church where they actually had an, a woman as a pastor. <clears throat> now, at that time, I didn't know any better. Now that I look back... I know better now. Lutherans and Catholics are kissing cousins. Presbyterians are probably kissing cousins too. Now, are all Presbyterians and all of them, can they get saved? Sure they can. Now, you might say, well, 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 Brandon, you're just being intolerant. No, I'm not being intolerant. Actually, you know what? Maybe I am because I don't agree with the Catholic Church. So go ahead and call me intolerant if I if you want. Call me go ahead and call me a bigot and a racist and a and and a Catholic a Catholic phobe. Go ahead, call me every name in the book. Do you know why? Because Christ will not tolerate the actions of what the Catholic Church does. He won't tolerate it. And neither will I. You can't be a Catholic and be a born-again Christian at the same time. Because if you were truly born again, you would come out of the Catholic Church. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 18 verse 4. 
And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. The Catholic Church is wicked, man. I don't know why anyone would, would want to join a church like that. I mean, they are wicked. They're wicked. They are abominable. And they're just nasty. I don't know why anyone would be a part of a church that fornicates and murders. The Catholic Church is very intolerant against God's people. They won't tolerate them. John chapter 16 verse 2. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. That's the Catholic Church. They want to they went around murdering God's people and and killing born again Bible believing Baptists and Anabaptists and all those that actually believe God and followed his word. Had them killed <clears throat> because of what they believe. And the Catholics think that they are doing it in the name of God. I'm telling you. Your King James Bible is right, man. It's right. Amen. You can call me intolerant. You can call me bigoted. You can call me racist. You can you can call me every name in the book. But just remind, just, just so that we're very clear. If I'm right in what I said, and you're condemning me with your words because of what I said, and I, if I end up being right, and you start condemning me and start saying all these things about me. You're going to give an answer to God one of these days. You'll give an answer to God to what you just said against his anointed. You will give an account for all the nasty stuff you say against God's preachers. You will. Now, if I'm wrong, God will chasten and correct me. And he'll show me where I'm wrong. That I might repent. Amen. I'm telling you. <clears throat> not trying to be mean, but this stuff's need to be said. So, listen. Um, that's a little bit of the history of of November 5th. Um, so today, when we, every November 5th, let us remember 
the Jesuit treason that they try to commit. Let's remember God's provision that he gave King James I. Let's remember what God did for King James during this time after he started the commission. The Catholic Church does not like your King James Bible. They don't like God's people and they don't like anything that has to do with the truth. And listen, I want to just say something here. If you're a Catholic or or anyone that follows the Catholic Church, let me tell you, you can get saved. But you need to repent of your sins. You need to cry out to Jesus Christ. You need to ask him for forgiveness and you need to ask him to save you. If you can cry out and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to save you, he will give you he will give you a new birth, he'll give you a whole new nature, and you will just be you'll just be willing to leave the Catholic Church. But here's a stern warning for all you Catholics and for everyone that's lost. For all those who do not believe in Jesus Christ that are lost and dying in their sins. If you don't repent of your sin and you don't turn to Christ and ask him to forgive you, and if you don't turn to Christ asking him to save you, you will end up in a devil's hell. And I'll tell you what's going to happen eventually. At some point, you will have a resurrection. And you'll stand before the great white throne judgment. And you will give an account to every dirty little deed you ever said, thought, or even did in secret. You will give an account for and it will be made manifest. And anyone who stands before the great white throne judgment will only be pronounced guilty and then tossed alive into the lake of fire with the false prophet, Satan, and the Antichrist. The good news is you don't have to go through that. You can cry out to Jesus Christ. Put your faith and trust in what he did for you at the cross. Ask him to save you. Do you know why? Because the moment you get saved, all your sins were paid and punished at the cross. Why? Because Jesus Christ took He took the wrath. He took the punishment. He took everything that you deserve. He got on the cross. Why? So you wouldn't have to pay for it. Christ already did. Why? Because Christ said, it is finished. So the choice is yours. You can ask for forgiveness and get saved on earth and have your sins already judged and have the wrath of God poured out on the cross of Calvary, or you will go through the wrath of God. Choice is yours. Listen, Jesus Christ went through so much for you. Don't don't be flippant like, oh, I'll just do it later. No, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. And all you people that want to laugh and scoff and 
and, and make a mockery out of this, God will not be mocked. And if you if you think for one second you can go and blaspheme God based on what I said and you want to go ahead and do all these wicked things, rest assured God will deal with you. If you want to blaspheme the Holy Ghost and you want to reject God and make a mockery out of God's preachers, by all means. But be, be aware God will deal with you because God is not mocked. He's not playing games. Either get right or not. The choice is yours. If you don't get right now, you will end up in a lake and you will end up in hell and the lake of fire. And after that, there's no coming out. Get right with Christ right now. Because if if you get right, let me tell you something. If you get if you get right with Christ right now, and if you were to die in a state of being saved, you immediately go into the presence of the Lord. And you'll stand before the, the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, and it will be your faith that will be judged. And every works based on your faith will be judged, and you'll receive in this body whether good or bad. But rest assured that once you're saved, once you're truly saved and you get born again and you get the Spirit of God that dwells within you, if you're truly saved, you're saved. Nothing can take away your salvation because God sealed you to the day of redemption. Don't let Satan think that you can get saved and lose it again. That's not that's not Bible. Once you truly get saved, you are saved and God seals you. Amen. But listen, guys, I have to say this because people need to know the consequences. And I would be doing a disservice if I didn't speak the truth. Want to me if I don't preach the gospel. Amen. <clears throat> Anyways, 